What is up, guys, and welcome to The Leading Life, a show where we get an inside look at the lives of young leaders in the Valley, as well as discover what it takes to be a leader ourselves. I'm your host, Kennedy Cashman, and let's get right into it. So I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. He is a productive young person with a homeless project that is reaching multiple lives across the Valley for the better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sean King. Sean, what is up? How are you? What is up, Kennedy? Doing pretty well. Can't complain, can't complain. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We were so excited to have you. You are so long-awaited. As you know, we've been trying to do this for a while. So I'm super excited to have you. And yeah, so let's see. To get started, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, where you're from. Um, Just get everyone familiar with the cool person that you are. Okay, no problem. So... As I've already been introduced, my name is Sean King. I'm 23 years old. I live in Los Angeles, California. I was born in Kansas, and I moved here when I was 13. I've got two younger siblings, Trey and Charisma. Uh, I enjoy reading just about anything, and I don't watch too much TV or, or movies, but my favorite show is probably Friends. And if I'm not reading or playing basketball or watching some sort of sport, then I'm probably either at I'm probably at church. Those are like the only four things I do. I don't do very much. Right. That that sounds like a good life. Like honestly, can't complain about that. So okay, so you have a little something to share with everyone. You sent me a link to this homeless project that I found was really intriguing, and that's why I, you know, contacted you in the first place. Um, tell us a little bit a bit about that and like the journey um, leading up to this homeless project because it is super cool and obviously everyone should know about it. So. Yeah, go ahead. So the project name is, is called Restartments, and it's a compound word. It's two words. It's restart, and the second part is apartments. And basically, mm-hmm. in quick summary, it's a program that's designed to help those experiencing homelessness reintegrate back into society as both self-sustaining and functioning by providing housing, education, skill development, support, and any additional resources that may be needed. Yeah, that that is that sounds so cool, and I've honestly never heard anything similar to that before. Um, what got you like started with this? Like, did someone come up to you and like propose it to you, or did you start the idea with someone, or what? Like, in your life was like leading up to this like moment where you decided I'm going to do this. Got it. So the idea was sort of conceived um, when we were. We were actually living in a hotel at the time in downtown Los Angeles. It was me and my dad. My younger siblings weren't weren't born yet, but we were essentially on the brink of homelessness. So living in Los Angeles in a hotel, you know, whenever we would go to get food or take a walk or whatever, um, when you're leaving and you're just outside in Los Angeles, everyone can see there's a huge population of people that are experiencing homelessness. So just seeing that day after day after day and then realizing how close we were just one day I just was like, okay, this, it was sort of scary in a way, just realizing how close we were. So right. uh, I just wanted to figure out if there was any sort of solution to this problem that we had, because there are over 60,000 people experiencing homelessness in the Los Angeles County alone. And to put that sort of in a visual perspective, if you envision the Dodger Stadium, which holds about 56,000 people, and right. then completely full of people, and then 10,000 more on top of that, it just starts to become, you know, crazy and scary how many people that actually is that are unfortunately experiencing that so as i was sitting in my hotel room i was just sitting and 
the, a name came to me and it was the first initial name that I had was refreshments because I was thinking about it like a like when you're refreshing a computer uh, sometimes the website doesn't work so the easiest fix is always to refresh but right. I didn't I kind of liked the name I wasn't in love with it so I sat on it a little bit more and then bingo restartments hit me like a train I was like restartments it's perfect restart apartments we want to have provide housing and education and it gives people a fresh restart because probably one of the biggest myths that, that are out there that's out there about homelessness is that you're homeless as a result of a poor choices being made when it's like that's not always the case. Um, most right. often it's just a bad break that happens in life that you can't recover from. And I think us all being in COVID and especially on lockdown, that's probably the greatest thing that I could take from being on lockdown with COVID is that people are starting to understand how close to experiencing homelessness we all are and how quickly what you have saved up can go. Okay, wow. That was super cool, and that was a lot of things that I didn't know about the entire Dodger Stadium. That's wild. Do you know where most of these, like, a lot of homeless people live? Like, where they flock toward? Like, I know Skid Row and, like, downtown LA, but do you know, like, the main other cities um, or, like, places that they, like, tend to, like, live or go to? So the numbers that we have, like, uh, from the Los Angeles County and the greater Los Angeles County... It's just super broad. Like, there's some city borderlines, but there's not, like, a, I guess we could say, like, hotspot or locations that are popular. Right. Um, that you could say. So, no, it's just pretty much everywhere. Right. Um, do you think, other than the, like, oh, they don't have a job or they chose this life, like, do you think there's any other common misconceptions about homelessness that people, like, often assume or, yeah. Because I know, I do know that I learned, like, literally two years ago. I know this is pretty, like ignorant for me to not know this before but like a lot of them are veterans who just never you know got a job or like um were able to like do anything after that that like weren't taken care of so I thought that was like pretty crazy but do you have anything like more um just like common misconceptions that people make about like homelessness yes I do and sorry I'm gonna go on a quick little side rant yeah I no, love go for how it. you said that you were ignorant to something and you educated yourself on whatever that subject was where it's like during this time, people are so afraid of not knowing things that they're willing to just sort of spew whatever opinion the masses go with. And then if it's wrong, well, I was wrong, but so is everyone else. So many people are afraid to admit that they don't know something because ignorance or being ignorant has been taken out of context and been replaced with people think it's a synonym for stupidity. Being ignorant means you just don't know. It doesn't mean you, you yeah. know you're choosing to be to be wrong. So side rant over. Um what was the original question again? Um, is there any comment? Oh, that was that was a good side rant. I appreciated that. But do you think there's any more common misconceptions that people often make about homelessness, like things that you hear that you're like, mm, that's not accurate, or um, just things that people naturally assume? Yes. Okay. So I've got a few okay, myths that I that we can go over. Tell them all. Tell so them. one of the first ones is myth number one is most are drug and alcohol abusers. You see and hear that all the time when people are discussing them. So for Los Angeles, not the greater Los Angeles count, just Los Angeles County, you've got about 41,000 people that are experiencing homelessness. Okay. Um, you'll notice most times I say experiencing homelessness and not homeless because it's a condition. It's not a part of the person. Right. So saying someone is homeless is like that's a description of them, not something that they're experiencing. So wow, just a okay. sort of, sort of side thing I'm trying to improve on. Um, so of that 41,000, only about 10,000 have some sort of substance use disorder so roughly 10 out of you know 10,000 out of 41,000 less than 25 percent and then second myth is that most are mentally ill 
but of that same 41,000, only about 9,000 have some sort of serious mental illness. So again, less than 25%. But I bet you if you were just a poll, you know, your average person walking down the street, why is it, what would you think of a person that's experiencing homelessness? Most would say either A, it's a, it's a combination of bad choices, B, some sort of substance abuse, or C, some sort of mental disorder. But you know, as, we're, as sort of the data suggests, it's not nearly as many as you think. And I think right. a big reason why people think that is because it's comfortable. It's not comfortable knowing how close you are to homelessness. So if I can sort of put them in this sort of boxer's fear of, okay, the only reason why they are experiencing homelessness is because of this, this, or this. If I avoid those three things, then I won't be homeless instead of saying, well, hey, you talk to some of these people, you'll see maybe they had a bad, uh, they had medical debt they had to take care of. Maybe they were fired from a job because the company was cutting costs. There are so many people that have these stories that are just regular people. It's not always this thing that you would think of in where it's just like, oh, this person's on, this person's on drugs or this is a mental disorder. So that's the reason why they're homeless. Right. So those are just a few of the, of the, of the uh, myths that are out there that I wish people understood more of. It's not their fault. It's just the stigma that comes with people experiencing homelessness. But part of the project that I want, that I'm working on is to sort of educate more people on why people that are experiencing homelessness are homelessness are homeless sorry and then also what you can do to sort of help them in that moment um the second biggest thing with restartments is that their homelessness is growing at an exponential rate so even if i can help people with this project there are going to be more pies falling off than there are you know being recovered so a huge part of restartments as well is, okay, how do we help people that are on the brink of experiencing homelessness? Maybe they just sort of need like a check in between their next check. They need just some food for this moment or they just need help covering this one bill. And if we can provide the finances for that one small gap that they don't have covered, then maybe they don't go into homelessness. So now we're preventing people from going into homelessness yeah. and also taking care of people that are experiencing it now. So I want to attack it from both directions. Wow, that is like super brilliant and I respect that so much. If your project, if this current project, if if that's what you want to call it, business project, if it were to go perfectly according to plan, what do you think it would look like? Um, Not to spill all of your business plans, but what do you think this would look like if it expanded and uh, went like worldwide or even nationwide or statewide? Well, also sort of a, a quick side note is the last myth that I that I had that I just now thought of is most people would just say, well, why don't we just get a job? Oh, okay, I was going to talk to you about that. That was the one thing that I was going to bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people often, you know, make the argument that they're like, no, they just need to go get a job. But then there's so much that comes with that. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the kind of stuff that comes with that. You can, you know, let everyone know. All right, perfect. So, one of the myths that I hear most often is that they just need to get a job. And that sounds great in theory, but okay, so you go, what do you do for, what do you put for your home address? What do you put for your contact info? What do you wear to the interview? Where do you shower and prepare for the interview? How do, how do they get to the job location? How do they avoid the stigma that's associated with being homeless when applying? It's, right. it's just, there's so many things that go beyond just the simple get a job thing that I don't think people think about, and that's okay. Right. Part of the reason why Restartments exists is to educate people on it. So I'm hoping I can sort of fill that gap and help more people understand that that's just some of the solutions aren't always as easy as it seems. Right, right. And so 
So what do you think is a good solution to that? Because, you know, you've like obviously done your research and are really educated on this. What do you think is the uh, solution to it? Or what does it look like with restartments and, um, you know, with these people getting jobs? Like, how do you think this would look in a perfect world? Okay. So in a perfect world, um, I would love to have some sort of facility or building. And that's more long-term, short-term solutions that we've looked at or looking at some of uh, hospitals or possibly college campuses slash schools because they have sort of the general layout that I would like in a facility like this. So there'd be a main eating area, multiple rooms, bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it would look like that. And we bring them in and we help with their skill development education for however long that takes. And then also... We provide housing for them. Um, one of the biggest successes uh, has been housing first. And what that means mm. is if a person can have their house taken care of, they can now allot extra energy, resources, time to skill development and education. Right. But if my if biggest worry, yeah. if, my, if my biggest worry is where am I going to sleep tonight, I don't have time or necessarily energy right. to, to put towards, oh, I'm going to read this book and get better education so I can qualify for this job. My thought process is where am I going to sleep and eat tonight? So I think if we can eliminate just that part, just the housing alone, and then we were able to provide education for them and skill development and whatever career path they want to, they want to go towards, I think that'll go a long way. And a lot of the, some of the smaller things that go into it, like uh, financial literacy, education on that, because so many of us don't know what that means, what credit means. And some of them, are are have they have really bad credit scores so even if they were able to get a consistent job finding a place that would rent to them is difficult enough so if we have our own building we have that process taken care of right so we can and then also being able to connect people that are experiencing homelessness with other family members because it's so easy for them to get lost um with where they are and and people that care about them so we can connect them with people that still care about them and let them know that they're on a path to going back to society, back as, as they once were. I right. think that'll be huge for, for for them going forward. Right. That's amazing. And so is there, like, statistics on, like, where a lot of these people came from? Like, do you think they can't come from everywhere? Or do you think they ha- have had, like, past, like, um, their parents were homeless or they were abused or, like, something like that? Or do you think it's, like, a wide variety or just, like, a very... Uh, more like stereotypical, like uh, these people tend to be homeless from this and this. Okay, so I I don't think that there's one or two set reasons that a person can experience homelessness. Uh, We touched over it briefly, but anything from a layoff uh, from work, medical bill, uh, debt, unaccumulated debt, a funeral, any, any one of those things where something happens that you can't control and all of a sudden this money that you had saved up is no longer there and you get so far behind that you can no longer keep up and eventually you get to the point of experiencing homelessness. It's just it's just unfortunate that there are people that there is no reason. You know, part of the part of what makes people that are that see homelessness all right, here we go. Part of what makes people feel safe when they see people that are experiencing homelessness is there's a reason or explanation we're always looking for the why in something and if i can avoid that why then i won't be down that same path 
for some people, life just hits you hard and fast, and it's completely out of your control. Oh yeah. So with the with the pandemic, with the COVID pandemic, we were all taken, you know, by surprise, and we had no clue what to do. We didn't know how long this would last, what our future would look like. Everyone was just sort of waiting for someone with some sort of guidance to tell us basically what to do. The unknown is one of the scariest things, and we just weren't sure how long things were going to last or what to do. Right. And for some people, they had to make a difficult choice of, do I put my health at risk to go to work to provide, to provide for my family or so I can pay the bills and keep the lights on? Or do right. I stay at home and I'm safe, but how long does that really last? How much do we have saved up? Right. So, But most of these people that are experiencing homelessness that hit that point, they didn't. They experienced basically a personal pandemic. They just didn't have the empathy of the rest of the world going through it. Right. So for us, what we're going through right now with savings dipping low and having sort of a cut back on some of our expenses, that exact same thing happened for them at one point or another. It just wasn't a global pandemic like COVID was. Right. So do you know how many people, by chance, it's a random question, but have become homeless since like COVID or if there are any like statistics on that, like... You know, if people just had to, like, leave and just, like, go out on the streets and stuff. I know people did, but, like, do you know how many or, like, anything about that? Not that I've seen concrete. So the earlier data that we had, that was 61,000 in the greater Los Angeles and then 41,000 in Los Angeles County. Those were all taken between January and June of this year, 2020. So I would assume we're not going to have the numbers for that until sometime next year. But we were growing at an exponential rate before COVID, so I would—I am terrified of what the numbers are going to be as we right. sort of begin to get back to our, our normal. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, thank you so much for literally all of that information. That was a lot of good stuff to soak in. And so moving on to the literal uh, leadership half of our podcast, what do you think um, makes a leader? Because you have, you know been through obviously a lot especially like learning about all this stuff and you know you have to become a leader in your own community in order to like start this whole project up and really take a step out so what do you personally think makes a leader it could be a story or like a background story or just whatever literally whatever you think makes a leader okay so I think part of being a leader is you want to provide crystal clear direction if you if at all possible so taking health, for example, simply telling someone to act healthier is unclear. Think about how many different ways that could be interpreted. Right. So what if instead we said, well, next time you're in the dairy aisle, reach for 1% instead of a whole milk. That's a clear direction. Yeah. So I think most times what looks like resistance can often be attributed to a lack of clarity because just mm. knowledge alone of a subject doesn't change behavior. Right. Many people that smoke cigarettes, they know that it's bad for their health. There are crazy shrinks, there are obese doctors, there are divorced marriage counselors. So just the knowledge alone isn't enough. Like everyone knows we should eat healthier, but that's such a broad term. It's like, what does that mean? So I think part of being a good leader is how do I make what direction or what goal I want to achieve as clear as possible? And how do I put people in position to help achieve that goal? Yeah. Wow, that was a such a good, such a good answer. Um, what advice, which is our final question, would you give to young people on how to start leading and standing out in their own communities? Just like little steps that people can take, even for productivity, like what helps um, people get in like a more leadership-like, I guess you could say, mindset and, um, you know, start on their way to, you know, standing out more and 
being more of a leader, stepping out from the crowd? Okay. So I think that part of just being a leader is recognizing that everyone is be you're being watched by someone or someone's looking up to you or looking at you, whether you want to or not, even in your own house, whether you have a mom, dad, siblings, whether you you go into school and you have fellow classmates, whether you're at the park, for for some for anyone really, you have someone that's looking to you or looking at you. So you're constantly under sort of some sort of surveillance and you're under you have an opportunity to provide leadership at all those given times. Right. So if you wanted to be a leader, a better leader in your community, I think it starts by understanding almost essentially in a crazy way that almost every move that you make in public or even at home is seen. So that's going toward that, that count towards that counts towards it. Right. The second part I would say is you have to have accountability of some sort. So can you help can you be held to the same standards that you hold others to? I think another great uh, uh, attribute of leadership is passion. It's going to be hard for me to do my best and go all out for you if you don't even love whatever it is that, that you're wanting to lead yourself. So I can't be saying I want to help lead and educate on people that are experiencing homelessness and I just kind of feel meh about it. I got to right. love what I'm doing so I can inspire people that I want to lead to have that same passion and fire. Yeah. I think another part of it is honesty. So many people that are placed in leadership positions, they often overpromise and underdeliver because it sounds good at that moment. They're just providing lip service. So yeah, sure. I can we can do this, we could do this. I never say or speak about ending homelessness because it's just too drastic. It's too big of a goal or a dream. I've always said I just want to cut down on the number and help people that I can. One of my right, favorite right, quotes right. is that you don't want to let what you can't do get in the way of what you can do. Because so often you see a huge goal and you're like, okay, well, I can't. There's no possible way for me to end 66,000 people experiencing homelessness. Right. And if I, but if I can help 200 or 400 every year or so, and I can help people from preventing, prevent people from going into homelessness, that makes a small impact. But a small impact is better than no impact. So I think yeah. that's a huge part of it is just being honest with yourself. What can you reasonably accomplish with what you're, with what you're trying to do? Yeah. Um, I think another part of it would be encouraging. So can you uplift other people? Do you think why these people are acting badly, so they must be bad? Or do you think about, or do you think similar to, okay, how can I set up a situation that brings out the good in these people? And those are two mm -hmm. very different mindsets that wow. that people take as leaders. Yeah. And then I think the last thing I, pro I have is you probably have, you have to be selfless to a fault almost. So as a leader, yeah. can you be okay with the goal being achieved by methods that aren't your own? Or do you only want success if it's the way that you envisioned it? Mm. A lot of times people want, they want something, but they only want it to be their way. They want to be in control of every single detail. They want to put together the master plan and they want to have essentially puppets that follow this plan and the plan is successful. But right. part of being a leader is being adaptable, being flexible. So if something happens or changes in that moment, or if someone suggests something, do you take that criticism as negatively and that person's incorrect or wrong, or do you at least entertain as a possibility that you're incorrect and that you're going to adjust your plan accordingly? Yeah. Wow. That is some good nuggets of truth right there. Um, thank you so much for all of the for answering all those questions so well. And so articulately, um, Sean, thank you so much for your time and 
Um, how can we find Restartments? Is it like online? Um, is there like a website for it or is there Instagram or some social media? So not yet, but okay. I think a huge opportunity would be if you're interested in doing it, um, you can get in contact with me on any of my social medias on Instagram. I'm the underscore Sean, S-E-A-N, last name King, K-I-N-G. And from there, you'll be able to see where how Restartments is progressing because there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people that are our age right. that want to get involved with this, that they don't necessarily know what to do. They just know they want to help people that are experiencing homelessness. So if they can get to a page or a place where I can I can hire them or they could be in a position to help by providing clear direction, I think that would be awesome. So as of now, no website or social media is just yet, but hopefully by the end of the year, going into 2021, we can have all sorts of social media set up and websites set up so that it's not just me speaking about it. Now you can actually go see for yourself what it's about. Right. We'll get the show on the road. Seriously. It's like, wow. I'm super excited to see where this thing is going to go. And yeah, you gave us a lot of helpful information. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah. Is there any final things that you want to say or? No. Well, I, I appreciate you for having me. It was great to be an opportunity to be able to speak to other people. So I appreciate you having me on as a guest and I look forward to hopefully the next time we do this, we're in person we can do a studio so we can yes. see each other it's not yes, just yes, i'm yes. pretty sure all of us are fed up with zoom calls and audio calls so i think we're we've had our fair share of that right right all right thank you so much sean um i appreciate you so much i appreciate restartments and everything that you're doing for your community thank you for being a great leader and we will definitely see you in the near future i appreciate it enjoy the rest of your day you too